The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose any medical condition, replace the advice of a healthcare professional, or provide any medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Copyright 2020, Fireteam Whiskey, LLC, all rights reserved. Welcome to the Warrior Wellness Podcast, a podcast for military members, veterans, and first responders focusing on fitness, health, nutrition, and biohacking. Our mission with this podcast is to introduce America's heroes to lifestyle habits and hacks that will help them live healthier, happier lives, and in turn, be fit enough to continue their support of their communities and country. All right. So Dave and Kathleen, thank you so much for being on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Um, they are uh, the heads and running this amazing organization. So we're going to talk about that here in a second. Um, but I also uh, just wanted to point out that uh, Kathleen and I have known each other, gosh, now for probably mm, almost maybe 10 years, maybe over that. Um, we worked in an organization, um, at the a very large organization that kind of came out after the uh they, the military realized the suicide, uh, I'm, I call it pandemic, is going on, and it's gotten worse since then. Um, but we were kind of part of the first grassroots um, reach out to the reserve components in each of the states. Um, so we might touch upon that a little bit later. So thank you so much, Dave and Kathleen, for being on. Well, thank you for having us on. We're excited about talking about what we're doing here in Alabama and how we're supporting not just here, but nationally. Yeah, so why don't we just start there? Tell me the, you know, the name of the organization, what your mission is, what you guys are doing. Hey, this is Dave. The name of the organization is Samson Strength Sustainable Veterans Project. Um, we have two websites. We have one for our nonprofit, which is sssvp.org. And for the farm and where we actually work with other veterans, which is Samson Strength Farms and Veteran Ventures, it's ssfvv.com. And, and so basically the difference between the two is the first one is our nonprofit. And our nonprofit, our focus, we are an all-volunteer organization. Um, this is, you know, as Stephanie, as you mentioned, you and I work together to support military members and their families, preparing for deployment, returning from deployment. Um, and so it's been on my heart for a long time. My dad was a, served in World War II. My son served in OIF, OEF. Um, and then Dave, you know, we'll talk a little bit about his military service, of course, but it was on both of our hearts to do something. So we moved and purchased a farm. Uh, with 115 acres and in Alabama in Alabama and part of what we wanted to do was to set aside a portion of that farm um, specifically to put small footprint homes for veterans who are trying to transition back to civilian life that were struggling um, so our goal was to support people with transitioning not to target chronically homeless people, because um, there's many programs out there for chronically homeless veterans, if they choose to access it or they can get to it, um, but to actually support the people that are in the beginning part, to give them a chance to get back on their feet, to get connected to their benefits, their resources, education benefits, vocational training, and Dave will talk more about that and how we're putting that in place with that program. 
Um, so we're in the process of building small footprint homes for transitional housing. And that is on our farm. Um, we purchased last year, my dad passed away and left me a little money. And I used that money to purchase a small piece of property, 16 acres, specifically just for what we're planning on building the community of 30 homes for veterans for transitional housing. In addition, we utilize the farm piece, which is um, presently we have a 20 by 100 foot greenhouse. So we're gardening. I think you've probably seen a lot of our posts about what we pull out of the greenhouse. Um, we are raising chickens for eggs as well as meat. So we're early in on that, trying to learn more about that as we go along. And then, you know, we have the other vocational piece. So that's a vocational for them. And what I've also recognized is the value of what they call horticulture therapy or, you know, just that experiential therapy or experiential learning, being out there growing something, getting your hands in the dirt, working, being around animals. Um, we also have donkeys named Whiskey Tango and Foxtrot. Um, so, yeah, so we have donkeys and uh, I'm going to let Dave tell just a little bit more about the vocational piece because I know you'll ask more questions, but I'm going to let him talk a little bit about that. So when we talk about the vocational piece, the uh, Farms and Veteran Ventures, uh, part of what we designed that for was for the nonprofit. Um, we have a full leather shop where we can create just about anything we want. Um, we want veterans to be able to walk in there, do some work, figure out if that's something they want to do, if they want to put their hands on it. Uh, because if you don't experience it, sometimes it's hard to tell. Um, we have uh, building and houses. Currently we have four in progress. One of them is just about done. It'll be done within the next two weeks. The biggest thing we're waiting on right now is city water. They ran lines out for us uh, past the farm about six months ago. We're still waiting for the connection to that for uh, there. Uh, once that's connected, we'll have water to that first house, and we're looking at a veteran moving in there. In the middle of July, we already have somebody we're looking at and talking to. Uh, on the, that's actually on the farm. Over on this uh, site, which is uh, the 16 acres, we have three houses in progress. Two of them are full shells. The third one's about two thirds of the way for the shell to be done. Um, we've done most of the interior work. As soon as we get done with the rough ends, we'll have it spray foamed. And then you start in with the rest of the, rest of the interior construction, putting up the walls, putting in lights, bathrooms, kitchen, everything else. Um, but we've got some volunteers coming out next week finally. It's been with this COVID thing, the last time we had volunteers out here was the uh, 7th and 8th of March when we had a Home Depot, Team Depot event, and we had about 40 people out there over the weekend coming up, giving us a hand. Um, I think it's also important, since she introduced me, tell just a bit about your military service. Yes, right. that was uh, my next question. <laughs> okay. Um, just shy of 32 years in the military. I, I did 13 years in the Navy. Um, 10 years active duty. Uh, I was on the recommissioning crew for the USS Missouri back in 86. Decommissioned the USS Fulton, which was a subtender, and then worked at the sub base in Groton, Connecticut, and then went to the inactive reserves uh, while I was waiting to join the Connecticut Army National Guard. Um, did just shy of 19 years in the Connecticut Army National Guard. Uh, five deployments between the two uh, services. 
been a little rough. But I did a little over 20 years enlisted, and in the last 11 years were as an officer. So what do you have questions on that? Nice. <laughs> well, I, I did just want to, to point out that, you know, what I, what I love about the veteran community is that it seems like most veterans continue to serve in some way, even after they, you know, depart, um, you know, wearing the uniform and stay connected in some way with that community. And, you know, you and Kathleen, obviously, even though Kathleen never wore the uniform, she certainly has served <laughs> um, the military and the, her country in, in so many different ways over the years. And you both continue to serve. So just thank you both so much, first of all, just for your service in the past and what you're doing now and how you continue to give back and focus your your life's work basically on um, helping veterans. So um, my next question though was, um, let's talk a little bit more about the people who come into your programs and will be coming into your program. Um, what do you mean by transitioning? Can you expound upon that? Yeah, sure. So part of what, and, and you know, because we've dealt with it so much, but part of what so many military members struggle with is how do I fit back in without losing my identity of being a warrior you know because that is something that you know people that are in the service now that we're saying they choose to go in the service they sign on that line you know to to put their life on the line to protect their country and their community and like you said they serve and they continue to serve so we don't want them to lose that but we also have to figure out a way for them to be able to to not just, I don't like to say fit back in, it feels like we have to shove them into it, but to feel like they're a part of the community, a part of the civilian community, because, you know, so often they come back and it's us against them. And because that's part of how they were trained. It's part of, you know, things that they saw and experiences that they had that no other civilians would ever even be able to comprehend. You know, I would not have, as you said, I didn't serve, I, I served in a, in a civilian capacity working with military members and through hearing the stories I realized there's no way I could ever possibly understand what you've been through I can just be there to walk through it with you on this journey and you know so piece of it is is how can we get you to fit back in or connect back in I'd like to say that reconnect with society with civilian society figure out how what did you learn in the military that you can apply to civilian life? It's all about reintegration, and that's the, that's the key thing. And part of what we're doing is, you know, we, we have individuals who are getting out of service. They're coming off the deployments. Um, they're retiring. Uh, National Guard guys getting coming back off the deployment. Your active duty guys retiring. Uh, the reserves. It's tough because everybody has a different uh, outlook on how they're going to take care of their individuals as they get out of the military. Active duty has a fairly decent program in place. National Guard has a fairly decent program. Um, with the reserves from the folks we've talked to, there's nothing. They come back off of deployment, they're back at home in two days, which is really tough. And that's, that's tough for some folks to handle. So we're, we're working around how do we get them to reintegrate back in with us um, and, and, be, and enjoy and thrive in the civilian community. 
and, and that's a big part, like what Dave's talking about. So, you know, I, I always talk about the mind, the body, and the spirit. How are you, what did you do today for your mind, for your body, for your spirit? And, you know, figuring out what is it that makes you feel connected? And so those are a lot of things that we talk about, you know, how when you, when you get ready to get out of the military, there's a huge amount of people, and, and I know you noticed this too, Stephanie, doing what we were doing, that they can't wait to get off the uniform. Take it off. I'm not wearing it anymore. And then they take <laughs> it off, and they don't know what the heck to do with themselves, you know? And so how do we, how do we just really help them to find how they fit? You know, who, who are they? without that uniform arm on and how can they keep part of who they are that they signed up for and that they served without wearing the uniform you know like you said continuing service we one of the things dave does is he's a volunteer on the fire local fire department and there's a lot of veterans on that fire department how do we get them to realize that there are ways that you can continue to serve in your community because that's who you are that's a part of you that's important and Dave mentioned the leather shop. To me, the leather shop is the creative aspect of someone, you know, designing and building the houses is creativity, but um, gardening is creativity, but using the leather, making a leather belt, making a wallet, making whatever you want, what do you want to make? You can make, it. you know, Dave actually started making Santa Claus belts and designing them like the Polar Express belt for Santa and just doing stuff that gets that creative side out there too which is kind of squashed when you're in the military yeah i love how you are really focusing on the connection piece because i think that is the crux of it all is you come back you transition out of the military you had this whole identity but you you're no longer with your you're no longer with your community um, but you also don't fit in with the civilian community so how do you help them transition with, with that specific aspect? So there's a couple of different ways. So recognize right now, like we said, we're in the work. Our plan to help them is we have volunteers from the community that come in when we do our work, as well as having the volunteers there working together. They see the community members volunteering to build these houses for veterans transitioning. They feel connected. Um, another thing that we've done, we didn't do it this past year, but we're probably going forward, we're going to again, because it was really helpful. In the past, we've gone to farm markets. So we go to local farm markets with our food um, from the garden and we sell it, our extra food. We also do, Dave does a lot of pickling and um, a lot of things, a lot, like of that, a lot of canning. And so at the farm market, we have the signs up about Sam's Jank Sustainable Veterans Project. We talk about what we're doing and we have veterans and Dave along with another veteran two years ago um, went to the farm market. So a way for them to connect with civilian community and raise awareness about what they're doing, but they're talking to, they're kind of forced to talk to civilians in that way. Um, we do a lot with people coming out for visits at the farm, uh, people wanting to just know what we're doing. They might not be volunteering. And so taking them around, introducing them to people. If we have veterans, we have a lot of veterans that work at Home Depot, our local Home Depot, which has been a partner with us. And they've actually, Dave will talk a little bit about that, but um, a lot of them are veterans that come out on those volunteer days. And so we have civilians and veterans mixed. We actually had the local 
um, Air Force Base sent out a part of their college, their their uh, officer college, sent out a whole group to come out and do community service. Yeah, Maxwell Air Force Base sent a, sent a group up. Yeah. So it's about working together and they don't, and it's not like it's uncomfortable because everyone's doing the same thing. They're, they have the same goal, which is to build the houses or do whatever to get things done to help other veterans. So they're there's just no barrier. Like you don't even see it. It's pretty cool um, when they're all out there because in most of the people, it, they kind of, the veterans, it, first of all, the civilian people are excited to be out there, but the veterans don't even seem to be uncomfortable with this. Wouldn't you agree with the civilians yeah. when they were there? Cause we had, we have lunch, we set up, we make chili. Dave makes his famous, hotter than anything chili and then a regular chili for people that can't stand hot and so we have that and we have a meal and we all sit down and we talk and chat you know we're all hot and sweaty but everybody's there talking sitting together at the table and it's just really cool and i can say it is award-winning chili because i won first place in calhoun county yeah. at a chili cook-off for hot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's and so that's, awesome <laughs> And I've had chili that's just plain hot, and that's, that's no fun. I got a lot of flavor. <laughs> yeah. uh, who doesn't love chili? So I, what was actually kind of running through my mind is, um, tell, us, tell us about the process of how you find uh, the, you know, the veterans who need your services. Where, where do they come from? What, who are you connected with to get referrals? Is it a referral, or is it an application process? Yep. So. Um, Right now, Dave and I both sit on an Alabama state um, CAVC, which is um, for veterans services for the state of Alabama. So we sit on that committee. We, um, I am actually part of the suicide prevention piece of it. Dave is part of the housing piece of it. And so that program meets once a month and we talk about veterans that are struggling with different things. And throughout the month, whenever it happens, we get a massive email, we try to figure out. So we get some referrals from there, but right now our main focus has been veterans court. So I'm, not, I'm pretty sure you know what veterans court is. Um, so it's part of the local court system where if a veteran gets in trouble um, and there's certain offenses that they don't accept. They don't accept violent offenses. I don't think they accept drug offenses. Um, but it's mostly like DUI or basic things that sometimes you'll see more in the population of veterans that have PTSD. And so they go to court and they're in a particular court system. They have a judge that just, they see that same judge and they have a social worker, a case manager, they have volunteer peer counselors and it's just for veterans. So we've been actually going to veterans court. We were invited probably about eight months ago to go our first time. Yeah. And we went and attended and we've been meeting veterans that way. And part of what that's been providing for us um, up until COVID were volunteers because a lot of the veterans that get in trouble, they not only have to do community service hours, but they have fines. And so this judge has agreed that they'll waive fines for them in lieu of if they do work for us. So they come out and they work, you know, on the farm or they work help building or painting or whatever, and they get, we sign off on their hours and then that pays their fines. So what we've actually done is had an opportunity to meet a veteran who, because um, one of our requirements, I didn't get back 
go back to that is that they have to have six months sobriety, clean and sober for six months before they come into the homes. So the veteran that we're actually starting to work with now has just completed that six months um, and is getting ready to transition out of a sober living facility. And he's actually coming out this week to take a look at the place to see if it feels like a good fit. And we're hopeful that he will be someone that we can actually have living in one of the homes and might even consider taking what we call our farm manager position. So it would be a paid position. So that referral, we also, because we sit on that committee, everyone from the state, including the State Department of Veterans Affairs sits on that committee with us, the Department of Veterans Affairs um, from Birmingham, um, all the different nonprofit organizations throughout the state of Alabama. So we have like a huge opportunity to have those referrals of veterans in this. Central Alabama Veterans Coalition and um, there's another group down around Montgomery, Alabama that also does the same thing. Kent Davis, who is the uh, commissioner, VA commissioner for the state of Alabama, very interested. Um, we served together on board the USS Missouri. He retired as a captain. I retired as an Army captain. He retired as a Navy captain. Um, we just connected with the uh, Camp Hope, um, which they have, what they do is they work with folks with PTSD drug and alcohol issues, and they have a six to nine month program that they have to go through that's very intensive. And they're looking for transitional services after they finish that area. So that's, we're, we're working with them to see if that's gonna be something that works for both of us. Awesome, so amazing. You guys are just busy, 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 busy. <laughs> a lot of work to do. Um, so talk a little bit, you alluded to this earlier, and I know a little bit about this already, but um, tell our audience about your, your um, partnerships with um, Home Depot, with the grants, and how are you funding all of this? So the funding, you know, obviously the initial funding came from both Dave and I. So, um, and I purchased the property out of my own money for the 16 acres, um, but the funding to actual purchase materials I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here because here's where it really started uh, three years ago we were looking for a way to get funding and when I was in Connecticut working at the National Guard one of the guys had been up there back in 95 90 to 2000 with me working had moved down here and was working for Redstone Arsenal and happened to be a uh, motorcycle rider and was riding with the Widow Sons, which is the Masonic uh, Motorcycle Association. Well, we got to talking and they decided to hold a fund ride for us. And our first true funding outside of what Kathy and I put into it came from uh, the Widow Sons. Uh, Hiram's Travelers, thank you. Hiram's Travelers, Widow Sons Motorcycle Association. They raised $1,600 for us the first, first year. Last year they raised 1100 This year they raised 2500 With that being said, they turned it over to the entire state of Alabama for September of last year, and they raised another seven grand for us through um, a state meet. So they have been just a real great supporter and partner with us. They're very big on veterans, um, the Masonic, obviously the Masons as well as the motorcycle group. Yep. And so then 
what ended up happening. You're going to go into the next part. Yep, I'm going to. Okay. We uh, we met with. Uh, we were talking to the Daniel Foundation. We had turned in a letter of intent um, out of Birmingham, and uh, Maria Kelly Kennedy. Yes. Yeah, okay. I always want to say Kennedy Kelly. Maria Kennedy came out and she took a look. We walked her through what we wanted to do because there was nothing going on at that point. We had just gotten the uh, $1,600 from the, 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 the widow's sons. But she came out, took a look. We gave her what our, what our vision was and where we wanted to go. They gave us a $25,000 grant, um, which we wow. got in... September of that year. I September think. of 2018. Yep. yep. Which came out great because uh, we built the first house. We were working with uh, students from uh, Auburn University. And we had 10 students and they came out and they put in a little over a thousand hours total volunteer time um, working on building a gantry system which allows us to reproduce the wall, pro wall systems and also worked on the first house that we put in. Uh, the, after that, we got a grant from Home Depot in March of the following year, uh, 2019. That was for 21,000. And we reapplied to the Daniel Foundation in July. They came back with a $37,500 challenge grant. We had to raise that amount in order to get that from them. Um, as of January of this year, we had already met that requirement. Um, and Home Depot came back in March of this year with another $21,000 grant. Um, was it 21 or 20? It was $21,000 $21, grant. So that's our major contributors. We have some minor contributors. We've had a couple of uh, $100 or $500 from different folks. But all in all, it's, it's been very limited in where we're getting our funding from. Uh, a lot of it's self-funding, obviously, but we're, we're doing okay. We, we need somebody out there to raise money for us full-time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So hopefully with this podcast reach, maybe we'll, we'll find that person, that special person for you. That would be awesome. We would just love that. Right. We've, we, we've had some, in the past, we've had people say, oh, we'll, we'll come out and do that. We'll come out and do this. And it sort of falls through. Push your foot on the gas. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it sort of falls through, and we never hear from them again. But you know, with any any nonprofit, you're going to see that. Right. We have a very small nonprofit board. We're always looking for people interested in sitting on our board. Um, again, we're who want to work. Yep. Who wanted work, and um, we're definitely always looking for physical volunteers, people willing to come out and help out. We actually had, which was really cool, a family that instead of giving Christmas presents to each other, they wanted to come out and volunteer for the day. So they came out, the entire family, I think there was like 20 of them. There were 26 people that yeah. came out January 5th um, and volunteered their time working on the, uh, the third house that we're building on the new site. Yep, and they came out and they worked hard and we got a lot done. It was great, but their whole family was there. We had lunch and... They just really, it meant a lot to have that happen. And one of the other things we didn't mention is that each one of the homes were dedicating to a veteran. Um, not necessarily someone that's lost their life in service, but someone that's a family member. We had quite a few that are Vietnam veterans, um, family members that have since passed. 
our actual Home Depot manager, his uncle uh, was a Vietnam veteran and really struggled with PTSD and alcoholism and passed away quite a few years ago. And he dedicated, wanted to dedicate one of the houses to him. So um, all we ask for people to do is we'd love for you to come volunteer if you're going to do that. But the other piece is, is something to memorialize inside that house for that person. I mean, our builder, uh, Alan Meadows, uh, we have one donated, dedicated to him. We have one for Stan Gaither, who is, uh, he runs another nonprofit, which is Ashley and Housing Development Corporation. Um, we're partnered with them. We use a building that they have available. That's where we have our gantry set up so that we can build the wall systems in there and just transport them out to the site. So those are our two, uh, two collaborators that are in this as well. And uh, we've worked very well together. All their, all their time has been donated. Um, the only people we pay anything to is I get spray foam for the insulation. I pay for the spray foam and for the guy to come out and do that. But the gentleman that owns that company is also a veteran and has told us as we move through this, there'll be different houses that they just, he'll, he'll just go ahead and pay for. Uh, he'll, he'll donate that to us. Um, we get our high back systems, our uh, mini splits, uh, which is heating and cooling. Uh, everything's donated as far as the time to install those. It's normally $700 to $800 to install one. Uh, the gentleman comes out and does the installation for $100. Uh, most wow. of it's on his own time. Um, the other thing we pay for is mud work. Uh, after we do the uh, sheetrock, uh, I don't do mud work. That is one thing I will pay for out of pocket if I have to. <laughs> But I know better than to try and do uh, sheetrock papering and taping. I know better than that. Uh, <laughs> so we pay, we pay $300 a house, which is about uh, a third of what it should cost if, if, if anybody else, if, if, if we weren't getting volunteer time. Right. The same guy came out for our first house. He did all of the sheetrock work for nothing. He volunteered his time. And I told him flat out, I'll do that. But we paid him for the, we paid him for the mud work. <laughs> So I see on your website, um, so those of you listening right now, um, and you want to, you do have a wish list on your website. So um, go to sssvp.org and check out their wish list. So if you own a construction company or um, or even just in that area in Alabama, or you just want to come through there, I'm sure when Brad and I come through there in our RV, um, again, on, on that side of the, of the United States, we're out on the West Coast right now, but we will definitely be parking our RV on your property and helping you guys out with some physical labor. Great, quick, quick question for you. Is it a 50 amp or 70 amp? Or 30 amp or 50 amp? Uh, we could do both. We can run on both. Okay, because I have hookups available from the barn. Awesome, awesome. So if you have an RV, you can contact sssvp.org and uh, maybe set up a, to boondock out there, connect up with the electricity and, and give them some of your, uh, your hard, hard work and yep. your, your sweat and sweat equity. <laughs> yep. I can connect you with water and electric. I can't do sewer. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. And um, I will also be um, including the links to your website and everything on the show notes so people can uh, get a hold of you and check out your website and follow you guys on your social media so they can see the updates on the farm. 
great. And to, to give you that heads up, we're actually part of what we were talking about today is getting updates on our website because we haven't been doing that. But the most up to date is definitely the Facebook page. Yeah, the Samson Strength Sustainable Veterans Project on Facebook. Kathy usually takes all the photos for that. Occasionally I get in there, but not very often. I'm usually doing the work, so she ends up taking pictures of me. <laughs> all right, awesome. So go check that out, and we'll include that on your show notes here. So you can uh, just click on those um, links and go right to their pages and follow them. And thank you guys for your time. Thank you so thank much you. for giving us a chance to talk about our mission. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes. Leave us a review while you're there. Send a screenshot of your review to info at fireteamwhiskey.com. And we will send you a thank you gift for giving us your honest feedback about our programming.